North London Derby doesn't disappoint. Bayern and Newcastle both run it up. Barca's stunning 10 minutes puts them top, and Everton gets their first win. All that plus two victories in Manchester. Syria A is wide open, and we discuss all this and so much more. The full-time roundup starts right now. Welcome to another episode of the Full-Time Roundup. Matt Gesslin here with you alongside Daniel Brackett. As always, we are here at Salud and Noda on a Monday evening after another great weekend of matches across Europe. Daniel, great to see you as always and discuss some European football with you. How are you doing today? It's Monday and I'm already back on the horse with a beer, drinking a nice Czech Pilsner. How about you? Same here, my friend. Uh, not back on the horse, but drinking a beer as well. <laughs> uh, again, Great weekend, Daniel. It's been, seems like a great weekend every weekend in, in European football. Uh, we went right from Champions League into European Domestic League. But of course, as always, we start off the show with what are we wearing? You have this lovely kit on here. Um, I have one that will probably piss off some of our listeners, maybe not, but we'll get to that one here in a second. So I got, this is a Goodwill find. It's, I don't even know, it's a, I think it's a Central American, might be a, a Hispanic team, I'm not really sure, but it was $5 at Goodwill, and I'm a sucker for kits, so it was a must-buy. Can't go wrong for $5. Um, I do have a controversial kit a little bit, uh, of course, being Americans, we root for U.S. men's national team, but um, I do have an L Tree kit on tonight. Fraud. I, I know, I know. Slap me on the wrist. Uh, reason there is a story behind it, I did work for Adidas, uh, of course, that being a uh, Mexican representative and sponsor, uh, U.S. men's national team being Nike. Was not able to wear a U.S. men's national team on campus, of course, so next best thing is, is El Tree. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I wear it sometimes. Again, uh, we a, love kits. It's a good-looking kit. It is a good-looking kit. Checks over stripes, I it guess is. you could say. It is. For me, at least, personally. And but. one of the, actually, one of the best, side notes, side changes before we get into things, the best-selling kit of the, of the World Cup in Qatar that year. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a man of the people. Sure. Nice man pattern. People. Yes, nice, nice pattern. pattern. Uh, but we digress. There are important things to talk about. Daniel, in Premier League, as we always start off in England, we had one of the oldest, most heated most intense rivalries this weekend, North London Derby. Boy, did that not disappoint. And it came at a really interesting time with uh, first time, I think, in its history that both teams are undefeated heading into that match. Wow. Matt is our stat guy, and he, he continues to produce there. Um, so I love this matchup just because two very attack-minded teams, with especially with Ange Postacago, usually a, a Tottenham would kind of sit back here and and try to take a point or maybe just hit on the break with Conte or Mourinho. But no, they just went at Arsenal, and, and Arsenal scored a goal, and Spurs had an answer almost immediately both times, which is it's good to see. That means the side has character, shows that the manager is backing them, and, and they're confident in what they can do. Um, it wasn't, I, wouldn't, I would say, it's not like it wasn't the Derby feel where people are just flying into challenges, but pretty soccer was played. It was. There was still some animosity, right? We saw some conversation between um, two English teammates in James Madison and, and uh, Bukayo Saka post-match. Uh, of course, Madison, Saka taking Madison's signature arrow dart uh, celebration <laughs> and, and Madison firing back. Of course, all that was post-game. So, like you said, a little bit more muted on the field, uh, but also you know, a great match all around. You mentioned Spurs kind of coming out of the gate really uh, we've talked about this before, taking after their manager, right? They're, they're really, you know, embracing that uh, Ange Postacoglu 
vibe and kind of just the way he approaches things, never fight, never back down, or excuse me, always fight, never back down. Uh, and they did just that, like you mentioned, going down both times and, and equalizing both times as well. A mistake from, uh, you know, Jorginho in the second goal that really, you know, James Mass and nice pass to Sonny who had a brace in this one. But um, like you said, just, you know, Spurs, Always, we've always talked about Spurs as, as having Spursy moments. Yeah, uh, I think that may be you know time to put that to bed. Although it is early, uh, but we'll see. This is a this is, looks like a different Spurs side uh, this time around right now. No, it does. But I will say that Madison looked like he hyperextended his knee. Scans are still still out on the verdict of that knee injury. So if, if Madison's out for an extended period of time, I'm, I'm not very bullish on Spurs in the upcoming future. So better help he's better hope he's healthy um, but I will say that Sokka's done that several times he did the the ear the fingers in the ear when he scored against Man U to copy Rashford so that's an ongoing trend and that's just showing that Sokka is him and the two people that stood out for me was was Son and Sokka those two guys were, were the best players on each on the field honestly and uh, it was fun to see them kind of go back and forth. Yeah, and like I mentioned, two English teammates, so that'll be interesting to see that dynamic as it continues. Is it just a little bit of uh, back and forth after the match, or is this something that you'll see carry over uh, into a big tournament for England coming up? That, of course, that'll probably be squashed once they get back to camp. But you mentioned those two players, of course. Uh, there was a, also a lot of new players for Spurs in this one, first time in the North London Derby. True. Uh, they did deliver. You know, they, they looked good. Uh, again, we always knew that this game was going to be high scoring. Honestly, 2-2 was something that I thought was uh, a little bit lower than I expected uh, with both teams being very offensive minded. Questionable at the back, although you have to say Spurs looked a little bit sharper at the back than I thought they were going to look. Yeah, I mean, one of the goals was a was a tough own goal by Cuti Romero, just, you know, just trying to lump it and just went off the shin into the goal. So I thought both teams defended fairly well other than a couple individual mistakes, but uh, we also didn't mention, but David Rea solidifies his number one spot. That one save, that's a never-give-up mentality. Goes, squares it for, I can't remember, was it Brendan Johnson? Yep, Brendan Johnson. And he, all he has to do is put in the back of the net, and Rea just jumps all the way across the goal to save it out. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So David Rea seems to lock up that, and Ramsdale's future is in doubt. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Brendan Johnson. He did go out with an injury at the end of that match yeah. as well. There was another player, uh, Declan Rice, who had a, a knock as well, picked up a back injury. Doesn't doesn't appear to be too serious, but uh, two injuries to keep an eye out for. I would say of the two, you know, Declan Rice a little bit more important to to the team than than Johnson. But uh, we'll see. And, and you know, of course, we mentioned and we've talked about him before Martin Odegaard being in that middle and that engine for that team. But you do want to see you know Rice come back, especially after Jorginho makes a mistake that costs the you know Spurs honestly. Um, probably two points based off that play you know they were kind of in, in control of the match a little bit you heard uh, Mikel Arteta talk after the match that you know this team looked a little bit deflated after drawing when they thought they could have won this match so we'll see what happens there we, we did see you know Spurs um, like I said have a Spursy moment um, but they bounce back this year Ar you know uh, Arsenal last year falling at the end uh, is this another opportunity for Mikel to, to rally the troops after a hard-fought North London derby, even though they did drop points? Or will that be a, a trend that we see going forward that, you know, a little bit of uh, adversity in this team kind of falters? It'll be an interesting an interesting dynamic. It's still early in the season, but uh, just something to look out for. Every point matters when you got a team like City at the top. So we'll, we'll maybe they'll look back at the end of the season and say this is points lost, but 
any derby to get at least a point out is, is a success. So I wouldn't I wouldn't look too far into that. Yeah, and you mentioned you know dropping points. These two teams now, of course, with the splitting the points there, uh, fourth and fifth respectively. Of course, goal differential has Arsenal ahead of, of uh, excuse me has Spurs ahead of Arsenal in that Champions League spot. But Daniel, to me, this and, and you never count those two teams out, especially with what Arsenal did last year. Uh, but four points behind City right now for the title. But we do have three other teams uh, that are really fighting for, for that top spot. I know one of your teams is, is in that mix. And, you know, the real question is, do we have a title spot, title race on, the, on our hands? We have three teams at the moment, like I said before, those two that we just discussed. Um, where do we stand on this? Is this a city versus everybody? Or are we really looking at something that's more of a balanced top half of the Premier League? Um, we're going to see because as we pivot into the next game, Manchester City, they, they do scrape by Nottingham Forest with a with a 2-0 victory, but they got a red card uh, early in the second half. A, a cool, calm, collected player, probably the most influential player for City the last year and a half, Rodri, gets a red card. He's going to be out for at least three matches, if not five, for the violent conduct. So that's that's going to be a big hole to fill. And, and they're already pretty injured with Kevin, the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Grealish is out, John Stones is out, just to name a few. And so they, it's a congested fixture list uh, coming up, and it's going to be games every weekend and midweek. So who's going to fill that spot? Is Mateus Nunes going to just slot in there? But you're going to have to really lean on a Calvin Phillips who hasn't featured almost at all. And this is the pivotal moment for Calvin. Is he going to live up to that price tag that they spent so much for? Uh, a year and a half ago for Leeds and he's going to be the key to this and if they can't replace that Rodri Void in the next three prem matches this is going to be an opportunity for the other four teams to kind of catch up ground on City and this is a perfect opportunity for this is this is a billboard on, on every team's going to be walking in knowing that this is the opportunity to catch ground on City and so we're going to have to see how that goes. Yeah, and you mentioned filling that void, of course, right? You're never going to fill the void of Rodri. That that no. he's just such a dynamic player. We've mentioned him as arguably the most, and if not the best, center defensive midfielder in the world. For me, he is. For, and for me, I just agree with you as well. Uh, the, the fixture list is not easy either, like you mentioned. That head-to-heads against the three big teams Arsenal. that we talked about: yeah. Arsenal. Brighton, and yep. then of course you have the Manchester Derby against United. Um, that is, if he only gets three games, uh, I, we didn't even look if he gets five. And uh, you know, you've seen punishments doled out for what he did. If, if you haven't seen it, uh, a hand to the throat of the player on Forest. So you know, there is debate on whether or not this is going to be more than a regular three-game suspension yeah. for a red card. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic right now. Did you see? Did you see the clip of him doing it? He realized as soon as he touched the guy, he knew he fucked up so badly. He literally, he does it, he pulls away, and then just grabs his head like, oh, no. And that may save him. That may save him. But, uh, you know, they've they've made a point of emphasis going for, you know, touching the throat or or anything like that. So, you know, hopefully we'll see. uh, You know, like you mentioned, this is an opportunity, though, for some of those other teams uh, to to jump up and kind of get, you know, of course, City being in the lead or ahead already is, is kind of a, a tough spot for everybody else but you also want to hope and, and understand that some of the other guys like your Liverpool um, who looked pretty good the other day uh, will continue to do that so uh, you know what were your thoughts on, on Liverpool and, and uh, they won against a, a tough West Ham who everyone's been very high on uh, at the start of the season yeah it was a good win kind of like West Ham have had two tough games in a row the City and Liverpool and I was thinking Liverpool Liverpool's record against Moyes is incredible so I wasn't too worried, but when they tied up with a Jared Bowen header, 
It was a little concerning, but we're a second half team as we showed statistically and when you have a when you have a Darwin Nunez just in, in great form, uh, Mo Salah in great form, Diaz is in great form, and then you can bring on a Gakpo and a Jota off the bench, that's just kinda just kinda over for them. So convincing win here. I will say that we do have the longest unbeaten streak in the Premier League, uh, to boast. So We'll, we'll see if we can keep this run of form up. I think we do. We, we do have an interesting schedule list the next five, some bad teams, some good teams. So we'll see if uh, we can make some ground up on City. I think we will just because Klopp's going to be motivating the boys a lot. But, uh, yeah, I, I was also just to give flowers to West Ham. I think Bowen, again, passed the Anfield test. I thought he looked fantastic. Uh, Paqueta looked insane. Uh, I haven't really heard about his betting thing, but – if he uh, if he can stay out of trouble with that, then I think West Ham are just going to be just fine. Yeah, I was going to ask you about West Ham because you know, real quick, of course, they've lost the last two matches after that really uh, fast start. But of course, the two teams were, were City and, and Liverpool, two two of the best teams in the league. Of course, not only at the top of the table right now, but historically, uh, any concern of David David Moyes' squad, or is this kind of where you expected them? Of course, you know, very right out of the gate, being at the top of the table was pretty much a surprise for everybody. Um, well, I was not very bullish on them until they signed at the last minute and Edson Alvarez to James Ward-Prowse and they kind of slot in ready to go. Kudus is still kind of getting up to speed but he, he made a late substitutes appearance so I'm not really worried about West Ham. It's more about getting points off maybe five the place five places and below like they're probably not going to win against the top four but anyone else is a winnable game so they're so deadly on set pieces and we kept giving them away so i was scared they'll they always have a chance when you have james ward taking a free kick or yep. james ward prowse taking a free kick so i'm not i'm not that worried about about west ham right now maybe with with european football they kind of falter a little bit but i i still think they'll be top seven probably a good place for them and of course you mentioned European football a team that had a great bounce back performance after European football is mm -hmm. Brighton another one of those teams that we mentioned in the top three it's a little bit of a surprise although the way you've, we've talked about Deserby ball and how they've played uh, I think it was more a surprise that they played so poorly in in Europe this midweek but yep. something new for them of course but boy did Matoma come off the bench and, and you know put his cape on as I've said with other players and Jude Bellingham he put that cape on and uh, a brace off the bench and, and takes Brighton to a 3-1 lead against a 3-1 win excuse me against Bournemouth yeah well it, it's tough to start a match when your keeper just literally gives the ball to the other the opposition yeah, that was pretty poor that was poor. really bad that was really poor. but the funny thing is Bournemouth just gave a goal right back uh, with that first Matoma goal off a kickoff uh, they just lose the ball immediately. Billing just doesn't lump it long. They take it. Matoma just kind of skis his way down the down the the line and then goes and scores an easy goal to put them up two one. So when you have when you have two bad errors like that, it's it's pretty easy to kind of come back and two gifts in that game. But Brian responded well. You could see how frustrated Deserby was on on Thursday and. I had no doubt that they'd bounce back on this one. Yeah, like you mentioned, Deserby wears his, his um, emotions on his sleeve, yeah. his heart on his sleeve, and uh, not a huge surprise. And, of course, Bournemouth, you know, being one of the teams in the lower half of the table, um, switching gears to that lower half of the table, you know, that relegation battle, of course. The middle teams, uh, you're still kind of figuring those teams out, right? Uh, you know, your Crystal Palaces, your Fulhams, they're kind of all going to be fighting for that. Uh, Brent, Brentford, um, you know, they're going to be fighting for those middle seven through 13, 14 yeah. positions, mm -hmm. um, but 
boy, in the bottom half, or there are some bad teams right oh, now in this, in this league, Daniel, uh, not to be withstanding the, the team that I thought was not as bad as the you know some others as Sheffield United, who absolutely got blasted oh. uh, by Newcastle. That was just hard to off. watch. They just gave, gave up. up. Gave it was up. bad. And, I mean, you know, when when you put one shot on goal midweek, I'm sure Eddie Howe was just – Blasting the the strikers in the midfield for that for that midweek performance and what do they do they they put eight past Sheffield and I I haven't seen many eight zero humblings before but eight different goal scorers that's that'll l- let the guys pad their stats a little bit give the guys some confidence and and where was that first goal a handball eh, maybe but I, it doesn't matter when you score seven more. Yeah, and of course, um, I think this, the town of Sheffield is ready to not see Newcastle come through anymore. Uh, not only did they beat Sheffield 8 nothing here on Saturday, the other team in Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, was also beaten by Newcastle 8 nothing. So they have that in common. Uh, of course, not in the same season, but uh, just you know the, the rivalry that is Sheffield and Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they can at least console each other on an 8 nothing drubbing by, by Newcastle. Call it therapy. Call it therapy, exactly. But uh, eight different goal scorers. Um, you mentioned you know that potential handball. I don't think that changes the game, to be it honest. Um, but uh, just an absolute drubbing by, by Newcastle, who looked really good. And, and, and also, um, not a bad bench when you can bring off you know Isak and Tenali and a couple other players late in that game. They didn't even start for, for Newcastle. Not only do you rotate and you, you win by eight, but you get to rest guys for, for the midweek fixtures and, and Champions League in the future. So that's never a bad thing for Eddie Howe's men. Um, and they have a big game against City in the Carabao Cup on huge, Wednesday. Huge, so. game. So that's kind of the – I'm sure Howe had his eyes on that. And they didn't look past Sheffield, which is which is big. Because Sheffield's kind of been in against City and Tottenham. They were still in the game pretty late. So – kind of surprising that Sheffield just kind of rolled over but uh, just to pivot to the next game Everton Brentford we've been really down on Everton and they get a huge result against Brentford I mean they scored three goals I was not Which expecting I've never seen that before. I was <laughs> well I've seen it but I was not expecting long three goals. Time. it's been a while uh, and, and especially from a, a Brentford team now this team is, is very thin right now they had a lot of injuries I think there was six six players many of them starters of course, we know Ivan Tony's out right now. Uh, and so, interesting dynamic, though, at home. You didn't expect the team to show up from a, from a Thomas Frank side like that. And, and Everton, Sean Dyche, who I heard the most ridiculous stat, as you mentioned earlier, uh, stat guy over here, but um, hasn't won a game in the Premier League in August or September since 2019, which absolutely blew my mind. It's a brutal stat. It's a brutal stat, but gets off the schneid and, and you know, again, a very surprising uh, three-goal performance for them, and they get a huge deserving win against Brentford. Then they yeah. needed it. Yeah, they did. They, they could not need it more. Um, and uh, I will say that Brentford have struggled as of late. They, in the last five, they have two losses, three draws, so they've been winless out of the five. I was thinking this would be a get-right game, but with all the injuries, it's, it's kind of hard for Thomas Frank's men to, to kind of rally the troops there. I'm not concerned about Brentford, but it was more of this is huge for Everton to get off the board. Absolutely, and you know where Brentford's going to be, like I mentioned, one of those mid-table, teams in mid-table. Yeah. So, uh, but a team that, that absolutely, uh, we mentioned Everton needing a win. Another team that needed a huge win was Manchester United. Uh, they got just what they needed playing Burnley, who were, uh, I think, 18th or 19th, depending on goal differential. So at the bottom of the table. Still didn't look very convincing to me, no. Daniel, but they no. got the one nothing win, and that's kind of what Eric Ten Hag needs to end a, a really poor week, if, if you ask me. I don't know if United fans are 
are happy with this win, but a, a, a W is a W, as you say, and that goal taken by Bruno Fernandez on the first time ball it was was a thing of beauty, and uh, some confidence to, to kind of you know show some results there and maybe calm the dressing room a bit. Cause calm the fans. Calm the fans. Yeah. So no, no boo boys after this one and. Boy, did Burnley need a result, too, and, and they didn't get it. So right now, it's Luton, Sheffield, Burnley in the bottom three. Are, are these the three that are going to go right back down? Man, they, you know, I, I mentioned earlier on I thought Burnley had a chance. Um, I think we both agreed Luton should pack their bag. They got, yeah. just got their first point. Uh, there was discussion of could this Luton team be worse than Derby County that got 11 points? Um you never want to hear that, you know, 11 points in a, in a season is, is only painful for just everybody involved. No um, but to answer your question, I think those three teams do go down. This is arguably the weakest uh, promotions uh, set of teams that I've seen in a long time. Uh, I touched on it and, and feel this way strongly that uh, Premier League this year is not as good top to bottom. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, in the past it's always been competitive. You never know who you're going to go against and, and every team can beat every team in the Prem, but this year, you feel like the you know the cream is coming to the crop, and and there is going to be that big gap between seventh and, and um, fifth, 18th, yeah. uh, and then the bottom three will be the bottom three for pretty much the whole season. And speaking on Luton, they did get a they did get their first first point, I believe, first point, yep. um, against Wolves. Uh, an early red card from Bellegarde helped their causes. Pretty soft penalty, but a, a draw is a draw, and. Um, that, that was pretty big for, for Luton being at home, finally give the fans something something to cheer about. And and surprisingly, a 1-1 draw. I thought this game could have played for the entire season and no team would have scored. That, so, that is true. 1-1, uh, and they get their big point that they needed to get off. And maybe that frees them up a little bit to play, uh, you know, that more direct style play that they played in the championship that got them promoted. We'll see. And that Pedro Neto's uh, celebration was one of the funnier things. He had eight celebrations in that one. He just... It looked like he hasn't scored a goal in, in forever, and he just had to get all the sellies out at once. So that he may was, be taking them. He say, maybe this is my one goal. Let me make them all and it was, get them all. It was in. really funny to watch, and there's a lot of good memes out there. But now moving on, I know this is a sore subject for you. I do have some stats for you, but I'll, I'll let you. Set, you're pulling to me? Yeah, pulling some stats I, I, will, on me? I, will, I will pull some stats because I've been enjoying this. I'm not going to lie. But uh, I'll, I'll let you get on your soapbox first, and then uh, I'll pull up the stats. So, of course, my friend Daniel here is talking about Chelsea. Uh, another loss uh, to, a to Aston Villa at home. 1-0 um, loss, uh, an Ollie Watkins goal that, that gives Villa the three points. Um, I said 0-1, so yes, we haven't scored again. Uh, that's three <laughs> games in a row in the Premier League that we haven't scored now. The last time we scored was against Luton, so that's pretty concerning. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this before, and uh, I've seen it on Twitter, and the sky is falling, and all of the Chelsea fans are ready to kind of change things up, and Poch has got to go, and, and all these things. It's a project, folks. Um, I hate to be that person and kind of temper expectations, and of course, I want to score goals. I want to win at the bridge. I want to win on the road. Chelsea's supposed to be that team that that fights for the top four and tops, fights for titles, and but that's not who we are right now. And I think everyone needs to take a, take a step back, you know, 14th place, of course, is not where we want to be, but it's a long season. I did say that we we're going to finish sixth. Uh, I think there's still an opportunity and some hope for that, especially with we've seen, you know, kind of teams rotating and and having four games in in a in um, you know a three week span with with European football, and that's going to take a toll on some of those teams as well. Yeah. So, you know, 
everyone needs to calm the brakes, calm down. We we looked okay. You know, we had again more domination, more possession. That red card completely changes the game. And then of course, you know, when you're when you give up a counter counterattacking goal to Ollie Watkins, a great finish. A little unlucky from uh, Levi Caldwell who blocked the, the first one, and then. Uh, you know, Ollie gets that, that rebound and off the deflection and puts it between uh, Robert Sanchez's legs and, and, and ends the game. Should have so, saved that. Should have saved it, 100%. But uh, you know, I, I it's tough. I'm not. I, I I cry at night. I cry to sleep. <laughs> but I think we'll be okay in the end. And, and like I said to you before, Daniel, uh, we finished eighth or ninth. For me, that's kind of a, where I expect this team to be. I, I I have gone mute before when when Liverpool was struggling and and I was not as nice to Matt. After this one, he he was a little sensitive, but it's okay, it's okay. So just a couple stats here. In the heat here. of the moment, in the heat of the moment, <laughs> and just just a couple stats here. Zero goals in the last three games, five points in six mass, uh, matches. Um, you have Arsenal, Brentford, Spurs, City, Newcastle, Brighton, and Man U. Next, that is a brutal schedule. Not only Nico Jackson misses. The next suspension, game yep. off suspension, Melo Gusto out for three matches with his red card. That is not good. And another horrible, horrible stat. Only two wins since Potter was fired. Yeah, it's dire. I get it. I get it. And, and one billion spent. It's, it's dire. And and Poach came out today and, and, and you know, he said it's time for the kids to grow up. Um, but at the same time, you know, you mentioned the billion dollars that have been spent. A lot of those players, and this is just fact, folks, I'm not trying to make excuses for my squad, are hurt. You know, Reese James on the bench. Ben Chilwell hasn't been playing. Uh, Mkunku hurt. Um, you know, you could go down the list. A lot of the starters that were supposed to be starters for this team were hurt or are hurt. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Again, it's it's dire and it's it's everyone wants, you know, the world to end. And, and of course, Chelsea being what we are and we expect to win every game. But um, the reality is we could go through that stretch and, and maybe pick up four points and, and you know, that's a reality. That, that That's a really tough schedule, and I was hoping we'd be in a better place or at least looking like we were going to be progressing and, and kind of changing and making the corners we got, went into this tough schedule. I did look at this a lot earlier in the season and said, shit, you know, this is this is really scary if, if this is where we are going into this stretch, and um, we'll see. You know, Poach is, Poach is coaching for his job, and, and especially uh, the latter half. I think the first couple games, if, if we – you know, if we if we lose to Arsenal or we lose to City, I think that's okay. Uh, but if we if we don't play well or don't score some goals against Brentford or Newcastle, I think you're starting to question, especially if that's about week 10, a week 11 of the season, uh, and we're still in 14th place with five points or or you know maybe seven points or whatever. Then you start to really question where this goes. And and the last thing I'll say on this matter before we, we move on to other leagues is you pay Pochettino the big bucks for a reason and. You spend a billion dollars. Yes, you do have injuries, but that's no excuse. Like a manager has to just deal with the situation and, and still get results. And we've seen other fantastic managers do it, and he is not. So he yep. he better figure it out, and he better figure it out soon, or Chelsea's going to be in big trouble. Big trouble. Can't can't disagree with you. I mean, that is what it is. And I, the one thing I want to say though is, is, is like I said, everyone's saying the sky is falling. But what manager are you going to give five games and turn it around? No manager is going to be able to come. You could give you could give Pep or Klopp the, the same squad, and and the fans would be complaining to ride them out of town if, after five games too. You know that's where Chelsea is. And it's a little bit, a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little overboard on my opinion. You know, give the man some time. Again, 
week 11, week 12, and we're still in the same spot, different story, but you know, a little bit of time won't hurt. They anybody. need to remember where they were before Emmervich, and maybe that'll help them feel a little bit better. But now rotating to a different league, the Bundesliga. We had some great matches. Uh, is there a title race? I hope so. Me too. Um, it's been 11 seasons in a row of Bayern Munich winning the league. They absolutely dismantled Bochum, which isn't too surprising, 7-0. Harry Kane with a hat-trick in this one. And two assists, too. Um, and two assists. Can't, can't really uh, you know, say much more. But, Daniel, at what point does this become bad for the Bundesliga? One of these other teams, of course, we know that Bayern spends more than all the teams almost combined in the Bundesliga, but there has to be someone that can step in and, and kind of give them a run and, and, and end, this, end this reign of dominance, right? And I think the uh, team or the teams that could give them a reign. What we're about to talk about one is, is Leverkusen, and they had a convincing win against Heidenheim. We've seen other big teams like Dortmund kind of give up points to Heidenheim, and Leverkusen were, were in full full go mode the entire time, a convincing 4-0 or 4-1 win, excuse me. They did tie it up for a brief moment, but uh, when you have Victor Boniface, and, or Boniface, excuse me, and, and Verts and... Trempong and all, all the other all the other players uh, that they very good players that they have. Uh, it was always going to be Leverkusen today, and, and they, they had a convincing win. Now, not much to say. It is a, a newly promoted side, so we can go ahead and kind of move on here. But Leipzig actually had a kind of a tricky tricky game against Magdeburg. Bayern they gave Bayern a really good run for their money a couple weeks, I think two weeks mm -hmm. ago, and. Mm -hmm. And Leipzig just squeaked by with a late Timo Werner goal, and boy, did he need that. He needed that. Uh, surprising to see him on the score sheet. A great finish, to be honest. If you saw that goal from Impossible that angle, angle was, yeah. was unbelievable, of course. Played through by, by Xavi Simmons. Uh, great ball through, perfectly weighted. Gets around the keeper, and like you said, an impossible angle off the post and in. They needed that win to keep pace. It's, it's You know, you mentioned Richard Gladbach, who've given Bayern Munich a, a challenge. They've also... Uh, given Leipzig a challenge at home, it's a tough yeah. place to go play. Uh, fourth game, you know, four seasons in a row with going to Gladbach and not getting a result for Leipzig. So off the Schneid here, get that you know that monkey off their back and and keep pace. Uh, you know they're currently sitting third behind Leverkusen, one point behind. And you know you got a lot of teams in that little that two or three point window behind Bayern. We've always seen Bayern kind of take a, a jump and, and win the league by 15, 20 points. The league's done by Christmas. You know you hope, like I said. For the league's sake, that this is a close race all the way through, I, you know, you look at a team like you know Borussia uh, Dortmund, um, who had the chance, they had it on their foot last year, yeah. uh, blow it at the end, and heartbreaking, and heartbreaking, and currently sit, sit sixth. They get a much needed win, and Terzic makes some changes after after six. the sixth. But they're you know we're still or talking six about changes them. and six changes, yeah. but we're still talking about them because you want there to be some type of energy, some type of competition some type of fight for this Bundesliga challenge or title um, will we get it that's that's really the question and, and you have some you know some outlier teams that are surprising as, as Union Berlin did last year but are those guys going to really stay all the way through it and give Bayern a fight we'll have to just wait and see but that's kind of for me that's the biggest story in Germany is is, is Bayern going to continue to get it done I, I, I sure hope not but it's not looking too good it, it seems like uh, Tuchel Ball has has clicked the last Two weeks, I'd say they they put they put four past United. They scored what was it seven mm -hmm. seven against Bochum and it is Bochum, but it seems like they were very stagnant before. A Bochum and team, by the way, that tied 
Dortmund yes. this earlier this year. So I know. I'm sorry, Jack, for these stats. I know that hurts, man. But yeah, they, they got it done, and it was always going to be Byron after that first early goal by Chupamoteng. And Kai, you said is you it, mentioned some outliers. Is there anyone though that's going to challenge you real quick before we? Uh, and you mentioned some outliers. You mentioned I mentioned them, of course. Stuttgart being one of those with Garassi, who is just on fire. Ha- on fire hasn't. I mean, ten goals already. I think the last year. The leader in the Bundesliga was 16 goals, so yeah. he's already at 10 in five games. I mean, you mentioned them. There's Hoffenheim. Will they will they kind of keep that up? I don't know, but you know, is there anyone? I mean, besides the you know, we mentioned a couple of those teams, but who who is who? Give me your winner in the Bundesliga right now. It's it's really key to just injuries at, at inopportune times, but I really do believe this Leipzig team and and Leverkusen can go almost the distance I think that Bayern with just their depth and everything will end up pushing through for another Bundesliga title but I think Leverkusen and Leipzig are really going to give a run for their money they they both have depth and they both look fantastic Xabi Alonso has been linked to the Real Madrid job as a successor so I think he's going to be very keen on really challenging this year and showing his his tactical favor and and can he keep replicating these performances especially with uh, Europa League and all will he go deep in the Europa League that's another big question if he's the man to take over uh, a Real Madrid side he, he still is like low 40 so he is a young a younger manager and then Marco Rose with with Leipzig he he, he failed pretty pretty badly at at uh, Dortmund but has kind of had a um, re-enlightenment, I guess you could say, with, with Leipzig. And they, they have a lot of depth off, off the bench, too. So I think the top three is kind of almost set in stone at this point. It's who's going to go for that fourth spot. Um, and hopefully, hopefully to God, they just to make it interesting, they challenge Bayern all the way through. Well, I'll take that as uh, I didn't hear an answer, but that's okay. Bayern, well, Bayern is going to win it, yeah. fair enough. I, I still feel confident in my pick from, from earlier that Leipzig gets it done, but we'll see. You mentioned European football. You also mentioned Xavi Alonso and potentially going to, to Real Madrid. Uh, of course, going into La Liga, Real Madrid, a disappointing loss this past week in the Madrid Derby. Uh, was not expecting that, to be honest, but um, also kind of was as I picked Atletico Madrid <laughs> to, to win the league, and, and they needed this win, and... and Boy, Madrid looked slow and old, and Jude Bellingham forgot his cape for once, which we, yeah. we've talked about, and you know he couldn't do it all season long. Any key takeaways from this match, and, and of course, one of the biggest derbies in, in La Liga, if not the biggest one? Well, last week, Atletico dropped points. Um, can't remember who Surprisingly. They, I can't remember who they lost to, but it, it was a rather surprising loss, and then they, they tie off a, a heartbreaker in uh, in Rome against Lazio, and so they they had a big bounce back win today uh, or yesterday, excuse me, against Madrid, and they looked firing all cylinders. That that Real Madrid bench looked pretty light, pretty light. Uh, Vinicius Junior is back, and he he tweeted today that he is back, so that'll be big for for the midweek matchup against Las Palmas. Um, but we, Modric. Uh, Cruz did score the goal, but they showed their age, and and you need these young kids to to step up like a to shoot. I can't say it. You got it. To Tsunami. Oh, Chumani. 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 Kamavinga. Rodrigo, and they'd even start a striker with Jose Lu because he needs a he needs a break too. Um, so n- having no backup striker is definitely 
not only did you lose Benzema, but you you only signed one guy, and then you sell like an Asensio and and uh, I'm trying to remember Borja, no, not Borja, Mayoral, but they saw they they sold the other striker who was the backup. Can't remember his name for the life of me right now, but they they're looking light, and that's why I, I did pick Barca to, to win and. I think Madrid's going to struggle if they go deep in the Champions League with just the whole depth aspect with old guys and young guys kind of trying to mix. Yeah, and we saw, again, against the good teams, this is going to be a real tough challenge for them with, of course, Militao out in the back and, and Courtois hurt. Uh, you mentioned the front line being weak as well. So, you know, against mid-table teams, I think you're going to see maybe they squeak some points out, they yeah. get they get those wins, and if Jude puts his cape on and, and can kind of save them, of course, like I mentioned before, he scored you know 90th minute winners against against really mid-table teams, and and you go up against a big squad, and they haven't even played El Clasico yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, so this is concerning for me from a Madrid standpoint. Uh, you know, Atletico Madrid or uh, excuse me, Real Madrid. Uh, where are they going to go? What does that what does that look like? You mentioned Europe as well, so. How is that depth going to you know play for them? And, and they barely scraped by against Union. They really too, did, so. yeah. So it's an interesting time. And on the flip side, of course, you mentioned Atletico having some disappointment, but you know, boy, did uh, Morata and, and Griezmann shine. Morata with a brace, and and Griezmann, like I've mentioned before, has just continued his form from you know Qatar, uh, to be honest, yeah. and just really stepped up and, and and driven this team. I think I think Atletico Madrid goes as as Antoine Griezmann goes. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And. Griezmann is one of those footballers who is loving his game. There's not many more enjoyable players to watch. And it's a shame what happened at Barca and he didn't work out. But since he got back to Atletico, he's been playing some of his best football. There's something about him and Simeone and how they kind of mesh as a manager and player. It's something that Jao Felix couldn't, couldn't figure out. And they're I think they're similar players. So I was very con confused when Jao Felix just like kind of fell out with Simeone. But uh Definitely big three points for Atletico to, to kind of cement themselves in the top three, and, and we'll see how, how the matches go. Uh, it's only week five, so a lot of, a lot of matches left. Yeah, and of course you mentioned Jao Felix and Barcelona. They they squeeze out a win um, against Celta Vigo, which was surprising. They were down 2-0. I think you even texted me at one point that they lost, um, and so all of a sudden I look at the scoreline, it's 3-2 <laughs> Barcelona. Uh, crazy last minute, 10 minutes there, where they get three goals uh, to win that game. You know, your super team and, and your team that you think is going to win La Liga, what were your takeaways from a really strange uh, but important three points that they come away with? I, I was a little worried about this match just because Celta Vigo are, are no slouch. You have a, you have a great manager, um, and for 80 minutes, he was Xavi was outcoached. And you, I don't know if you watched the game, but Xavi changed the formation three times, just trying to – he was tinkering. He made all five substitutions within 60 minutes, which is kind of pretty bold to do. And uh, they Celta got that second goal, and uh, I basically I was I was on the treadmill watching it, and I just kind of turned it off after the second goal. I was like, oh, this game's done." And I looked back, and you because you texted me, and you're like, "Wow, Barcelona with with three goals," and didn't see that coming. But it's very. It's very nice to see that they had that no-quit attitude. And, I mean, that first Lewandowski goal, just to slightly caress the ball over the keeper, bar bar down into the net, and then they respond they keep going. I mean, absolute collapse by Celta, and I'm sure Rafa Benitez is very upset with the squad. Uh, Luca Del, Del Torre had a nice assist, and he looked really good against a big team, which is good for the national team. But uh, very, for, for my pick at least, it's, it's good to see that Barca are are in winning ways and 
I think they are sitting top of the They are. Though. Yeah, and any concern with, of course, uh, Frankie de Jong picks up an ankle injury. Looks like he's going to be out for a month and may even miss El Clasico. Any concern there, not only with, you know, domestically, but your, your prediction of a super squad that could go all the way in Champions League, any concern with that? Um, I think Gundogan, signing Gundogan, and he's been immense since, so far, and Oriol Romeu has kind of fit right in, so... I wouldn't say I'm that worried. They're definitely going to have to call on a Fermin Torres or a Pablo Torre, or Pablo Torre might have left, actually, but they're going to have to rely on more youth, maybe slide Gavi uh, back or, or tweak the formation a little bit. So it's going to be more coaching and how Xavi sets up his team to win. Maybe you play like a, a 5-2-3 or something of that nature just to kind of help with the, the injuries of Pedri and and Frankie, hopefully Pedri comes I was back say, sooner. Out, but may come back between us. Yeah. yeah, so exactly, maybe yeah. it'll be kind of a like for like. Yep. Frankie out, Pedri in. So I'm not too worried because when you have you have uh, Ajal Felix, Lewandowski, Rafinha, you have you have some stars that are talent up there, and so I, I'm I'm not too worried. Plus Lamal, can't forget about Lamal. Um, but uh, I'm not too worried. They they have a pretty easy fixture midweek, and so. I think El Clasico in a couple weeks will be a big indication of how this Liga title is going to go. Totally agree with you, and I think that's going to be you know that depth that you've talked about over and over again, and, and really kind of again similar with Madrid, uh, they're going to kind of take advantage of those mid to lower table teams in, in uh, La Liga. Can they get over the hump with some of those bigger matchups going on? And a surprising big matchup that they may end up facing is Girona, uh, still that surprise team that's currently in second place right now, um, but the. Let's be honest, they're probably not going to finish in second. Probably. No, they're a super team. They're a super team. <laughs> but uh, they may finish you know, in that fourth position, although there is a pretty big battle right now for fourth. Um, anyone stand out to you that's going to finish? Again, let's just assume the top three are the big three. Yeah. Um, anyone in that fourth position that may surprise you? We've mentioned how good Real Sociedad have been over the past years. I, of course, had Real Betis, and, and they had a, a stinking 1-1 performance. Uh, any, who, who's your fourth-place team in La Liga? as we sit here on September 25th. I took Bilbao, and I, I'm going to stay with that pick um, just because the Williams brothers, one, Williams is out, um, but they, they just keep winning. And I think Real Sociedad and Girona are going to sit right there. So they're going to challenge them all the way through, but I do think Bilbao is going to be able to kind of flex their muscles and, and kind of sit in that fourth position. And, and that's pretty fair, and it feels like that's kind of where, you know, the – Again, very early in the in all the leagues, La Liga is starting to kind of take shape a little bit, similar to what the Premier League is going to take shape. One league that Daniel is kind of all over the place right now, um, Syria A. Anyone want to take cha charge of this league and, and, and kind of assert themselves? Of course, AC Milan dominating in the Derby, uh, or excuse me, Inter Milan dominating the Derby, and they, they currently sit atop the table, but... Um, it feels like you know this is just scrappy football, inter scrapping, uh, scraping out a win, and, and same with AC this past week with the uh, Rafael Leao winner. Where, where do we sit with Serie A right now? I mean, Inter's unbeaten. Um, you would hope that their their win against bottom Empoli would would be more convincing, but hey, a W is a W here, so they keep winning. I think another the next Milan derby is going to be a big indicator. I, I did read a stat that Inter just owns AC Milan with Pioli in charge, which is not not. Uh, it's in their head now, right? It is, it's and it's, it's not exactly ideal for for my AC Milan pick to win the league. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. It, I think it really depends on on the 
you talked about two horse, three horse races here, and I think it's going to be really depending on uh, the matches against, say, a Napoli, even a Lecce, which is pretty absurd. They're basically the Girona of of the Serie A. They're just punching above their weight. Do I you did, know anyone on that team, by the way? I, 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 did, I don't. I, I personally I took don't. a look, and I, I follow soccer pretty religiously, and I couldn't name a single person. I did do some deep digging on on Lecce's manager, Roberto Diaverses. Uh, he is 48 years old. He uh, came to Lecce this summer, completely transformed the squad. He was with Sampordia before they got relegated when he left uh, Samportia, they did get relegated, so maybe that's an indication of how good of a manager he was before. And uh, so they're going to be interesting. I don't think they'll keep it up, but Napoli continues to struggle with the draw. Osman missed the PK, came off, was very pissed through a tan- temper tantrum. He has kind of walked back his his behavior after that. Kvarshili doesn't look like the same player he was, which is just I said Rafa Leao is the best player in the Serie A. I meant it. And uh, let's see here. Anyone? Juve kind of dropped points this week, and they surprisingly that, a big drop, by the way. Four-two wasn't. You know, it's a small, not a small not convincing. loss. So. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't have European football with all their accounting mishaps and, and whatnot. So, mishaps in air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they 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 pulled too many levers like Barca, but didn't get caught, I guess. And and then Atalanta. I mean, they they keep chugging along. Fiorentina keeps chugging along. So maybe. Those are the two teams that are going to continue to challenge, but they also have European football, and do they have the depth to compete? I like the managers. I like the teams. I I just I think it's a Milan race here, and whoever gets third, fourth, and fifth, I, I wouldn't bet on it. Feels that way, and, and you mentioned third or fourth is still up in the air. Don't count out a Roma. Uh, of course, Roma Lukaku scores again for that team. And they they drew. Have some, they did draw. They have some, some players, though. They and, do. You know, careful for Jose Mourinho. You never count him out. Um, but I do feel like you said it's a Milan race for, for the title. So. Lukaku 4-4, four four too. Yeah, exactly. Back, so we'll keep, back in style. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, another team we want to keep an eye on, is, especially now with uh, their star player being hurt in uh, La Classique, is, is PSG beating Marseille 4-0 this weekend. Of course, like I mentioned, Mbappe does get hurt. Uh, PSG currently sitting third. Daniel, is this with that injury in play, does this open league up, or is it still PSG all the way? I and we don't know the extent of the injury. I was checking the injury report for their next match, and he wasn't listed. So I don't know if that's just foot mob not. I don't know if it was a precautionary or if it was just foot mob not kind of reporting it yet. I, I tried to, I did a little research into it, but I, I didn't find much. So it seems like they're kind of keeping it in-house when it comes to the PSG and the extent of that injury, but Goncalo Ramos kind of opened his bank account there at PSG with, with two goals, and so that's going to help when you have Muani, Ramos, Usman Dembele finally got his first assist, so I'm not exactly worried, and they haven't even really played um, Ititike, and, and I think he'll play a role at some point, so I, I'm not worried. I mean, Marseille just lost their manager, They and uh, Lyon look awful. And, Lens who who kind of challenged don't look as good, so I'm I'm not really worried about Ligue 1 at all. It still feels that way to me, and like you said, the depth is, is still superior to everybody else. And um, this could have been just a precautionary tale with with four one or four nil, excuse me. So uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, um, they scored three never, goals unanswered after he left. Yeah, so exactly. I think they'll be okay. It is still a concern, but you never know. And if, of course, he plays next match, uh, everything will be not for naught. Um, they're in third. Uh, but two teams that are atop their respective table or at the top of the table uh, in Eredivisie is, is PSV and then AZ, who have seemingly come out of nowhere the last two seasons, 
Um, any thoughts on either of those two teams? There is a big, big story coming out of the Eredivisie that we'll get to here in a second, but thoughts on any of those two teams? PSV, of course, have been up top all season and last year as well. Yeah, well, Feyenoord won, won right, the league last year. Last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Second place for PSV yeah, last year. PSV kind of got thumped midweek against Arsenal, responded with a nice, easy 4-0 win. So Pepe got off the mark. Tillman overslept. So was in the match day squad. That's never good if you're a U.S. national team supporter. Um, but Dest had a, had a pretty good bounce back performance. Couldn't so have you, been much worse, to be yeah, honest. So. No, you love to see that though. And AZ Alkmaar looks good. They they choked away really badly. They were up three 0 and lost four uh, three midweek. So they got off the mark and had a convincing three 0 win. So so we'll see. But the big match of, of the Air Divisi was big story almost. Or big story was uh, Feyenoord, uh, Ajax. Feyenoord just absolutely drubbed him. You're wearing the Mexican kit. Santiago Jimenez had two goals and assists in the first half before the match was called off. Let's just point that out. The match was called in the first half because the match was abandoned. Uh, this is, Daniel, I mean, this is not the first time we've seen this. Especially in the Dutch league. Exactly. It's bad. And, and flares and, and riot police and bottles, being, bottles thrown. being thrown. I mean, this is an absolutely horrendous look for Ajax. I mean, currently, what, 11th, I think, in the league or worse it's now after good. that? I mean, this is really ugly stuff. I mean, the fans became unhinged, like I said. They fire the sporting director. The coach is probably on the way out soon as well. If not already. If I not, can't, yeah, I, we I, haven't I checked it today. That, but. Um, but this was just really ugly stuff, Daniel. And that, that right back had had a really tough day. Only 20 years old and kind of got absolutely bodied by the, the brother of Yuri and Timber. I can't remember. His, I think it was Quentin Timber and just bodied and then set up Santiago Jimenez and he was responsible for the second goal got hooked and then soon thank God for his sake the match was suspended they they are going to resume play on Wednesday but Ajax are are in deep trouble here and they're not they might not even get Champions League football which could be catastrophic for their finances in the near coming future so you hate to see that but to kind of transition into the Portuguese league uh, Sporting Lisbon and and uh, Porto sit top with Benfica right behind them I still think Benfica is going to win just due to the, the losses that, that Porto ha- have taken in the summer. Um, Sporting Lisbon will probably have a few players lost in, in January, so I, I still think Benfica will win. I don't think it will be as comfortable as it was last year, but I do think they'll still win. Yeah, and you mentioned both teams, uh, Sport, uh, Porto and Benfica, playing Champions, uh, Champions League, so they yeah. have those as well. Uh, two perennial teams that pretty much always dominate the, the Portuguese league, and course sporting right there as well so uh, an interesting dynamic there we'll see what happens but uh, you know Daniel I'm low on beer I know you're low on beer we're gonna go grab another beer real quick Uh, when we come back of course we'll get right into our best players best 11th player of the weeks Uh, please in the meantime don't forget uh, please follow us on x at full-time roundup to be part of the conversation additionally please download subscribe and leave a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts and uh, Daniel uh, I'm gonna meet you at the bar and uh, we'll be right back And welcome back, uh, Daniel. I refreshed my beer, Mexican lager. Cheers to you. What did you get? Same thing? Same thing. Checks Pilsner. Can't something light. Something, something light. light. Well, now we dive into one of our, well, two of our favorite segments, I would say. Um, as much as I love talking about the broader look at the teams, uh, we're diving into to players here, Daniel. Um, and, 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 folks, this is where we love to, to hear from you guys on, on Twitter um, again, full-time roundup, you can follow us, or X, however we're calling it these days. Our best 11s of the week, Daniel. 
Um, we, of course, just to reiterate, we go 3-4-3 uh, three, three is our formation. Yep. Um, take us through your, your goalie and defender. Of course, we pick these together, but take us through the, the first two two positions. So I'm going to, for the goalie, we, we picked Trubin, um, the Benfica goalkeeper. Uh, he he saved a penalty, which was crucial in their, their win uh, this weekend. He faced 2.43. Expected goals. My and, favorite stat, by the and way. Only, and only conceded one, so that's a pretty good damn day when you think about it. And uh, for defenders, you got Karrion Trippier, uh, a hat-trick of assists against their route against Sheffield, so that was always a no-brainer. Uh, we have Tiao Cancelo, one goal, one assist, was instrumental in the comeback um, against Salta Vigo for Barcelona. And then third, James Tarkowski. Never thought I'd have an Everton defender. Maybe our last time having and an Everton pr- defender. Definitely the first and the last, but he had a goal and an assist uh, for Everton, which was crucial for their three-point Saturday. So we're gonna we're gonna go with Tarkowski as the third defender. We did, and again, like you said, first and last time potentially for an Everton defender, especially if we're looking at goals and assists. Uh, moving into the midfield, though, we had Palacios for Bayer Leverkusen. Had two assists in their game. Instrumental. Instrumental, absolutely. Uh, Savio, who had a goal and an assist in their game. For Girona. For Girona. If you're just so high on Girona, it's 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 unbelievable. And 19 years old Brazilian. He's on loan from Twa, the city kind of affiliate group here. And he's just hit the ground running. So I just wanted to shout him out real quick. Fantastic young talent. Another young talent in La Liga. We've talked about Bundesliga young talent, La Liga full of talent as well. Uh, next midfielder, James Madison, two assists in North London Derby, like we talked about earlier. Um, you get two assists in the North London Derby. You're on my list for me. Absolutely. And Bruno Grimerich, which is our last one, who had a goal. One goal, one assist. It feels a little light for a team that had eight points, but uh, or eight goals, but um, again, eight different goal scorers. was hard to pick one, but he really stood out, was the cog in the midfield, and really dominated that and team. And they signed him to a long-term yeah. deal to kind of tie him down at, for the Toon Army. They know that the top five teams in the world are kind of sniffing away around there to sign him, so they wanted to tie him down to a long-term contract after his recent performances. Do you blame him? No. Up front, uh, you mentioned Jimenez for for uh, Feyenoord, uh, two goals and an assist before that game was just you know abandoned. Who knows what that could have ended and up? And on Wednesday, as, he could have even more. So so pay attention to that game. So we'll <laughs> see what happens there. Of course, Robert Lewandowski, two goals, uh, late goals, but fantastic finishes. And then to round it out, another guy that we've talked about in La Liga, um, Alvaro Morata, two goals in that game and their win against Real Madrid. So um, all in all, Daniel, for me, pretty strong 11 strong. Uh, for what we had. Uh, of course, player of the week for me, uh, you mentioned him earlier, Harry Kane, three goals, two assists. Seemed a little easy for Boca against Bochum, but you take you take those stats and put them on the list every day of the week. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for me, it's Kuwasi for Sugart. He had uh, he had two goals and an assist. Gorgeous second finish. By oh, the way. I mean, he is he kind of looks like Giroud in my opinion, where his his build will play and he can really play off like anyone. They kind of lump it to him as a kind of play off of him as a striker, and he has ten goals and one assist and six or five or six bonus to get appearances which is just nuts numbers can he keep it up we're gonna see but i'm looking forward to kind of seeing how he progresses and it seems like he's not gonna be on stugart for very long young player of the week for you um i have Saka. so i mean it feels like he's not that young because he's, he's just been, been playing for so long he's been killing it yep. but he he had uh a goal 
I mean, you could arguably say that first goal, that own goal against Cuti Romero, he set that up. He was the one who shot the ball. So I'm, I'm going to give him two goals here, even though the stats speak differently. But uh, how about you? I'll go with the player that we've talked about. I feel like at length and at nausea uh, in yeah. this, this, this pod is – What are you going to do? You can't, I mean, you can't – he is what it is. Uh, Victor Boniface, two goals in their game uh, in their 4-1 win. So, uh, you know, can't really rule it out. And, and um, you know, those are our players of the week. And, again, we'd love to hear your thoughts on those. Now, I this is Daniel's time to shine. Again, I've talked about how I stay out of this one. That, of course, is Daniel's best bets for the week. Daniel, take us home. Give the people what they want to hear and how they can make some money this week betting on the games. So first, we're gonna we're gonna recap last week. We uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a story first. So so I um, my my bookie actually had to take off soccer because I was absolutely bankrupting this poor guy. Um, so that just shows to the listeners. You should you should probably listen to what what I'm putting down here. Um, so we went except for me, I can't. Except I can't, for you, except for you. But uh, we went uh, three three and two on best bets. Uh, I added a new mortal lock, um, which is we risk to win three units and the Stugard over cash, and then the parlay cash as well plus two units. If you listen to the pod, um, I kind of gave you a bonus best bet here, so we'll go over those. So Leipzig versus Magdeburg. Couldn't be more wrong on that game. So hey, we're gonna we're gonna take the L. Only one goal scored. It, it, that was a, a surprising game for me. I thought they'd kind of steamroll against Magdeburg, but hey, they gave them a good game. So what can you do? Um, Spurs Arsenal over three and a half, exclusively on the pod. Easy cash with two two. Um, Leverkusen Heidenheim. This was such an easy play. Four one easy victory. Monaco Nice over three loss. But hey. When Balogun misses two penalties, there's not much you can do here. So with those two penalties, we would have had a push. But, hey, I'm not going to hold against Balo as a U.S. national team player. Also, Ball don't lie on the first one. Just going to point that Ball out. Ball doesn't so. lie. But, hey, I need more convincing penalties from you, Balo. So we're, we're not going to hold that against you. And then Villa plus a half. I did say fuck Chelsea, and I meant it. Villa was always going to win, and the red card definitely helped with this one. Um, so now we have uh, next week's picks. And so there's a lot of midweek action. So some of these are midweek, some of these are not. So I'm going to say the, the mortal lock, you risk to win three units, is over three and a half at even odds, Spurs versus Liverpool. This game, this game could be seven. This game could be insane. So that is just hammer that. And then the parlay of the week is... Barcelona money line against Mallorca, Madrid versus Las Palmas, Leverkusen versus Mines. Mines have been awful. City versus Wolves, PSG versus Claremont. So that is the parlay. That is four to one, around four to one. So I would take that before the line moves. I would take all of these before the line moves. And for the best bets, we're gonna go back to the well with Stugart. Stugart versus Cone over three. Um, I love betting Leverkusen. I will probably not stop betting Leverkusen overs because I don't think there has I'm not going to say that. But Leverkusen versus Mines over three. Monaco versus Marseille over three. And Bayern versus Leipzig over three and a half. This game, I think it's going to have, with all that attacking power on both sides, both defenses are somewhat suspect. So I think this could be a thriller here. 
I mean, folks, the record speaks for itself. 13-7-1, absolutely phenomenal. Gave you the bets of the week. If you don't bet them, it's your own fault. Of course, there'll be others that he may mention, and we'll, we'll share those with you guys. But um, I bankrupted my bookie, guys. So I kind of question the bookie now at that <laughs> point, but that's okay. But um, you heard him here first. Take those bets. Take them to the bank. Of course, we love listening to hearing from you guys. Again, you can follow us at Full Time Roundup on X. Please feel free to go ahead and download, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll always be listening and kind of working out and talking with you guys. But uh, we'll see you guys in the next week. Thank you. And also, give give us a follow, too. So, at Life of Gesselin and CLTFC Liverpool are the two handles. So, go ahead and give us a follow, too, and interact with us as much as you want. Take care, guys, and thank you for listening.